Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. It is a night of romance. So what I suggest is, if you're not, if you're going to go there, DVR the uh, television show. But it's coming up uh, next Saturday night, February 10th, live music, Christopher Project uh, from 6 to 10. They've got a dinner special. It's 100 bucks. Black Angus Florentine Tenderloin. Served with the, the vegetables, crunchy mashed potatoes, and a bottle of San Simeon Cabernet, plus your choice of dessert, all for 100 bucks. That's a night of romance at Sunset Grill in Pewaukee Lake. Take your girl out there, and uh, then uh, just watch the sun go down and have a good night. Uh, and then come home and then turn us on. <laughs> turn her on, then turn us on. That's all you do it. And watch us uh, next Saturday night on the CW, or excuse me, on uh, My24 in Milwaukee. Saturday night, 7 o'clock uh, on the 10th, and uh, hopefully hopefully it's good. And uh, I think it's going to launch us into hopefully bigger and better things. 877-867-1670. Morgan in Nebraska. He was at the Badger game last night. Morgan, what's up? Hi, Bill. How are you doing today? Doing good today, man. Uh, so you witnessed that up close and personal last night, huh? I did, yeah. So my dad and I moved down here a couple of years ago, um, and my neighbor gave us tickets. He's got season tickets. And so he gave us tickets to last night's game. And, uh, yeah, so we got to witness that one a little up close and personal. And, man, what a what a game in the first half and kind of what a disappointment in the second half. I'll tell right? you what. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, we're up by 18. My dad and I are like, man, we're kind of like, we should probably leave before we get the crap beat out of us. Um <laughs> <laughs> and so we get, you know, then the second half starts going down and we start losing and losing. And I think, you know, my dad pointed out a really good point is that, you know, first half we were living in, and by the three point, you know, and we right. were fortunately in the first half, we were making all of it. And, you know, my dad said, you live by that sword, you're going to die by that sword. And sure enough, you know, like we could not get any game going in the paint. Uh, Stephen Crowell looked like he was afraid of that ball as soon as he got it. It just mm-hmm. it kind of looked like they were afraid to even like get themselves down into the paint to try and make anything happen. And they were just taking bad jump shots and bad threes. And it was just I was like, oh my goodness, how do you blow an 18 point lead in the second half? Yeah, yep. No, I agree. I mean, I, I give Nebraska credit. I mean, they've obviously knocked off Purdue and they've had uh, some excitement there. But, I, you know, look, as Store last night I thought did a great job. You know, even when you get, to, say, what was it, 13, I think, out of Hepburn and Klesmet. And, and, you know, like you yeah. said, Store just looked, uh, you know, era, uh, what's-his-face looked uh, pretty tired at times down low, like he was afraid to, to, to actually drive the hoop. I, what happened to the – I mean, I know, look, they're not a huge team by any stretch, but what happened to the inside game? You know what I mean? It's right. like everything yeah, was just on the that's outside. or and, and the other thing is, if you're going to take a jumper that's, say, a 17-footer, step back and make it a three. There were some jumpers that they took, yeah. and I'm like, and again, it's just they played really good basketball all season long. So I think this is more of a bump in the road, and this is one of those learning experiences. But it was like, man, if you're going to take a 16-, 17-footer, just step back. Step back and make it a three. And, and they, they had a lot of opportunity Absolutely. last night, and they didn't do it. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Number 11, he kind of got in there and, and got his opportunities and he was hitting. So 
But I just want to say thank you. Uh, my, you know, like I said, we moved down here a few years ago in Nebraska, and I listen to you every day, and you're like a taste of home for us. So, no, I appreciate it, man. Show. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And, and then, don't all, uh, thanks so much. Uh, then also last night, correct me if I'm wrong. They had what ten turnovers in the second half, just in the second half. Yeah, and, and that's not a team that turns the ball over. So what was so frustrating about last night's game? And I'll be quick. It, it was just, it was, it was two very extreme sides of the same coin. Like Klesmet, Hepburn, and Store all had moments where they were red hot and they were playing amazing. But then the red, like outside of those couple minutes with Chucky Hepburn, he was pretty bad the rest of the night. Right. Like AJ store was great early. And for the most part made mistakes late. Like they had, they had it. They played so well defensively early and they put the ball inside early and then they lost it. So I, it was so frustrating because you saw they had the capability and they had the skill and they had the game plan. They just didn't execute it for the entire game. And when you're playing in Lincoln, you, you need that. That's why they haven't lost there yeah. yet this year. I I don't um, like I said I don't uh, look terribly down because they lost in the like you said then Nebraska's they love playing at home there and last night the student section you know they obviously stormed the floor last night after knocking off Wisconsin and everything by the way uh, I know there's been a couple of incidents this year where uh, fans have stormed the court and instead of storming the court and celebrating they've basically gone after opponents. Uh, to the point where this has become a, a, a point of contentiousness and discussion now, like should fans be allowed to storm the court? In college, uh, you know, I, I I love it. I love to see the fans storm the court. I love to see them celebrate. I, I just think I think it's a tremendous in, – in when it's a big win. Sometimes they do it and it's like, what are you storming the court for? You know, like, <laughs> you should have won this game. But in today's day and age – and I hate to say this because it makes me sound old, but when you just watch and scroll through social media and all the people that want to get something on video and antagonize you into doing something, I don't know if storming the court and allowing fans to storm the court is the thing to do anymore. I, I, I don't think every, I think a lot of people just genuinely want to celebrate and party and, and, you know, scream we're number one, great job, high five the players. I, the majority, 99% of people want to do that. But there is now this, what I call them is the one and two percenters that they are, they got a camera in hand, they're videotaping everything, and they want to start something. And, you know, sometimes you, you can't blame players for going after somebody that tries to get in their face and drop a bunch of F-bombs and say things about their mother and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And so I, I don't know. Are you in favor of fans storming the court, Grant? Yeah, I got no problem with it. You upset a... You upset a big team. They're, they're, these arenas are typically pretty good about getting kids lined up and getting opposing players off. Like, I, I don't really yeah. think it's that big of a deal. That's just it. Do you stop the fans from storming the court, or do you guard the opponent and make sure they get out of the arena safe? And I think maybe it's the latter, not the former. I don't want to take away from the celebration. I think it's great. I, I, I think it's a spectacular scene when it happens. I, I, just, I just do. I always have. I've been fascinated and in awe of it. But for some of these, some of these people and some of the incidents we've seen this year where kids, I mean, they did not run to celebrate. They ran to antagonize and they went on the field. They went on the court. It's not just the, you know, basketball. It's some of the games that we've seen in college football this year where they ran to specifically antagonize somebody to see if they couldn't get them to throw a punch or something like that to get it on video. And I know coaches tell your players, don't do anything. They're videotaping. Don't do anything. Just keep walking. But it's it's not easy. 
it, it wouldn't be easy. I, I couldn't imagine myself in that situation because my first reaction is to, you know, hey, if you want to get in my face, that means you're in my space. I'm going to lay out. And you really have to have a lot of restraint. So, uh, I like I said, I probably the ladder there and making sure people are off the floor and making sure the opponent is gone. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just become a thing. Uh, let's go to Dwayne and Oshkosh. Dwayne, welcome to the program, man. What's happening? Hey, Bill. Um, by the way, Grant is your voice of reason when it comes to all things trades and contracts and trades <laughs> and all that. Uh, this is a deal that, in the bottom line, he's a Boris client. He wasn't going to stay. Bottom right. line. Right. So they had already was, lost Woodruff. They got nothing for him because of his injury. So it's like, really? We're going to go down the road again? Um, the key to the trade is the left-hander. Uh, the Brewers see him, I don't believe, as a bullpen piece. I think they look at him as a rotation piece. Uh, I don't know if Ortiz can play third, but he is a very, very talented uh, shortstop, great defense, and he has a little more pop than you'd think. He's got a lot of gap power. Um the compensatory pick, I don't care. Uh, the best, uh, you know, CBS, I don't care about those guys, but I look at the baseball guys like Morosi and these guys, and Morosi, I think, is the name. is the guy short black haircut. He mm-hmm. said, hey, if this ball kid turns out to what the Brewers think, this is not a bad deal at all because he's really got some talent. And the best analogy I heard, Bill, and you'll remember this, was Doyle Alexander gets traded to the Tigers, and the Braves get some second-round pick, and that second-round pick turned out to be John Smoltz. Mm-hmm. Now, no, I, I think know. the question that I would ask that isn't being asked, what's the rotation now? Are they going to really boost Freddie to a one? That's a lot of pressure on Freddie. I don't think they're done yet. I who, who else would you put there, though? Well, I think that's why there's that's a $17.5 million savings. And I think you might have a guy out there, say, for instance, like a Dylan Cease, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Yeah, you might have to put him up there. And you're going to probably put this kid in the two or three spot, but that's a little different rotation, that's for sure. But their bullpen is going to be super, super solid right now. Right. This is going to become, you were talking about it earlier, I think this week, um, the good old days where you guys go, your starters go six innings and or you know, and then you got boom, 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 boom. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of that because the bullpen is just ridiculous yeah. right now. It's very solid. Nope, I agree um, with that. I don't know. I, I Their top four guys right now outside of Freddie, they're all lefties. They're all lefties, and uh, it's going to be interesting the way it plays out. But, no, I don't think they're done. I think there's an arm in the package. I don't know if he's going to be a bona fide number one starter. But, yeah, because Freddie was your three guy, and now you're going, hey, Freddie, you're not, guess what? You're the new ace. I don't know. I don't know if Freddie matches up against ace arms enough. It's probably time to see if it's, you know, fish or cut bait time with him. But, and right. third base, it. All indications that I'm hearing, and you can ask Chuck once he gets out of therapy, because I think I watched Chuck <laughs> a little bit last night. And he's, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, uh, you know. Right. Uh, he also looks like he just came out of a Ario Speedwagon concert or something. Um, Always. I love Chuck. He's a, yeah. he's a good guy. I used to go on his show with him and way back when, and 
uh, I can't think of his partner, not the guy in Milwaukee, but when they were on the Valley over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the key element is the the black kid is probably going to get the good look at third base in spring training. And if Montessario. you watch video of this, what's that? No, his Montessario name is black. black. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Montessario is going to get the look, and Black is going to be the guy that's probably going to back him up. No, I think it's going to be Black is going to you get You think the Black look. is going to be the third baseman? Okay. I think they're going to look at him long and solid in spring training. I really do. He, he put up some real he, – he had 47 steals as right. a third baseman. Yep. Um, if you go and – you know, and you hate to go on YouTube and look at all the great hits because um, – Unless it's Elvis Presley, you know, you wouldn't recognize any of the secondary stuff. He's got pop. And he can hit the all fields, and he plays a great third base. Yeah. He's really good defensively. That I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be interesting. So not all dual and gloom disparity. I I think the thing is, it's not just the Brewers, it's not the Bucks, it's the Packers. It's like we as Wisconsinites, born and raised and all that jazz, you're, you're it, a Cincinnati let, let, um, well, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Because I've been here. I mean, I've seen a lot of great baseball in my time in Cincinnati, and I've been here now going on 25 years. But Ortiz, uh, Black will get a look. Montesario is going to get a look. But don't you think Ortiz might get a look over there at third base? Uh, he's a shortstop from what I know. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't know if they've ever played him at third base. Um that you know, like you said, the open kettle of fish now is what do they do with Willie? Right. Ooh. And and I I'm glad they didn't trade Willie because again, Willie is something that you talked about. You know what this is kind of it's kinda of funny because it's like a bunch of kids trying to play. Where have we heard mm-hmm. that scenario before? Right. Didn't we just go through that with our football team? Yep. You're just this trying means, to see what you got, yeah. Which is why I got. think or and, I, I I think before it's all said and done, they're going to give Ortiz a shot at third base as well. If they don't trade Adamas, Ortiz might be your third baseman. He could be, but he doesn't yeah. have pop. He's not a power nope. guy, and you want nope. you know you got to have some power because Yelly's your DH now. Right, so Yelly will be your DH. Adamas, if you keep him, he's got power. Uh, you've got uh, Hoskins over at first base who's got power. You get a little bit, not much, out of Contreras. And then you've got a scattered amount collectively of power out of your outfield guys. Well, the, the key will be second base. There's right. two projects, Weimer and I call Terang. him swing and miss Terang. Right. I mean, yeah. we, Weimer, Weimer apparently went away to try, try to figure out his swing because all the crap that he was doing in a swing, that stuff plays in the minors, but you can't get away with that crap up here in the big leagues. And he, he and paid yet the he price still for hit it. what? 13, 14 home runs before yeah. he really slumped out bad. Yep. And his defense is ridiculous. He is, his speed um, is amazing. Yeah, and the one one final note is, the one for Jackson, I, I don't know if Jackson's going to be center field. I guess they're projecting there. He doesn't have a great arm, but he's got everything else. He's got everything else. And, and again, this is a kid that you look at and you go, holy crap, you know, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be... He really could be it. He could be a franchise build around kind of guy. He's that you good. would hope. You would hope. So, all right, Billy. Hey, have all a good right. trip to Vegas, and don't take you know, don't take any wooden Vegas. You know? <laughs> right. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 
Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to look at a lot of people are arguing over in the live stream. The live stream can be great sometimes, and then other times it just no. Um, winning gambler says you got to pick up arms. The uh, Texas Badger says, "Can Willie play third? Probably can, but I you probably uh, would go with one of the other three that we discussed." Um, let's see here, uh, and then Mark the Shark says, "To sum it up, you've got nothing." Mm, I don't think you have nothing. What changed other than Corbin Burns so much from last year that you've got nothing? Because that's that's really all you all you lost. You you got better at first. Yeah, you don't have Woodruff, but you got better at first. You lost a, a rotational guy. The back end of your bullpen seems to be stronger with the arms that have come up. What 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 got so much worse that this team doesn't even have a legitimate shot? I guess the right? the Woodruff injury is you know, and we were sad about it at the time because we love him. He's Mister Brewer right. the last couple of years, but from the Brewers' standpoint, from a team-building standpoint, what a nightmare because they had an asset that they lost for nothing. If Woodruff doesn't get hurt, they could have traded him with Corbin Burns or separate from Corbin Burns. They could have dealt him and, and gotten more. They could have kept him. I honestly think that he was maybe a possibility for an extension. Like, they just had so many options on how to use the asset of Brandon Woodruff, right. and and they got none of them, right? You couldn't trade him. You couldn't use him as a pitcher. You just get nothing and that that really sucks because having him, I, if, if nothing else is an asset, makes a huge difference right now. See, I think it was they were going to extend Burns. You had to pay one or the other. And once you decided, uh, or they were going to extend Woodruff, once you ex- once you decided you weren't going to, you know, really the arbitration thing, you knew that was the final nail in the coffin that Boris was never, ever going to bring Corbin Burns or Corbin Burns was never going to give you a hometown discount to come back to the Milwaukee Brewers. It just wasn't going to happen. So you figured put your eggs in the Brandon Woodruff basket. And then they did obviously. And unfortunately he gets hurt. He may never be the same again. You don't know. So you still have the ability maybe to sign him next year. If, if the rehab this year turns out to be something that's formidable for him. But I, 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 that, that you're right. That was a shame that that happened because you had to pick one or the other. And I think they picked Brandon Woodruff because he would be the lesser monetarily wise of the two evils. But I, I don't think you've lost so much that this team's not, you know, as, as Mark the Shark was saying, you got nothing. Like, you're not even competitive. No, I, I, I still think, do they win 92? Maybe not 92. Maybe it's back to 87. You know, maybe they win 87 games. But I still think that this team has the ability to win games. And the way they played when the, the young guys were healthy last year, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelich, you go through that laundry list, and then if you get anything out of Terang or Weimer eventually, you've got power at first base. you got power at shortstop. Maybe Adamas has a better year than what he had unless they trade him away. Like I said, Contreras, I mean, actually you can look at a lot of different areas and say this team's as good as they were or better in some areas. So I'm not, I'm not panicking at all. I, what I don't like about the deal is I don't think they got enough in return. But to lose Corbin Burns, it changes the narrative a little bit but I don't think it, it sets the Brewers back to where they're not a competitive team in the Central. And we saw we saw what can happen when you get good teams, teams that just make the tournament last year. Dodgers didn't win it. You know, everybody just figured the Dodgers were going to roll. Dodgers didn't win it. You know, so it, it 
I'm I'm good with where the Brewers are at. I'd love to see them spend a little more money, maybe make another deal and get themselves uh, another pitcher, maybe another arm. But all in all, I'm not I'm not scr- screaming about the season. I'm just saying I don't think they got enough for the uh, for the Cy Young Award winner in Corbin Burns. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Got a lot more to get to. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Zach Heilprin. He's going to be joining us. We'll talk about that Badger loss last night. Stay tuned. Got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. They got a lot going on up at the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. While there might not be a lot of snow right now, there still is the ability for a great getaway. They've got romance weekends coming up. If they, uh, I, I don't think they're sold out yet. They've got some romance dinners coming up for uh, the Valentine's weekend, which is next weekend. So if you want to call Barb, call our girl up there and say, hey, I'd uh, love to get a room and the romance package. Uh, you get the dinner over at the, the Diamond Room, and you've got uh, the upstairs lounge area, the sports bar downstairs. So many cool things up there. And, and then you venture into the UP if you want to a little bit, into Iron Mountain, Michigan, do a little shopping, whatever. Four Seasons Island Resort, 715-938-5110. And don't forget to call her and ask about the Battle of the Bands. That's a great deal because you can get a room, which I think is like two 220 or something. I mean, I can't remember what the total is. But for that weekend, you get the room. And then you can drink for free at uh, the uh, the draft beer tap, so to speak. Plus, you get the ticket to see all the bands and the music. And all of that for, like, one price for the stay. So, uh, by all means, hey, if you're a music lover, that might be something you want to do. Call Barb, 715-938-5110. Get all the details for all the great weekends they have coming up. 715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin, right on the island in the middle of the beautiful Wisconsin River. Or there's Pine Mountain Resort. Now, the ski and golf resort, not doing a lot of skiing right now, but still a cool getaway up in the UP. But both places, tremendous. Call Barb, 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. Great way to go. Um, I want to go back to this because um, I, I, was, I, I was reading – uh, where was it? Let's see here. Um, th- this was from uh, a person that had emailed me and said, the Brewers have lowered the bar on their roster construction because the standard to make the playoffs is so low. Making the playoffs every year is cool, but being an annual also run that gets sandblasted when they face a real team kind of dulls the excitement. Um, I, I take offense at the word sandblasted. I just, I, I do. They have not had great post seasons. I admit that. But if you go through and you look at the teams that have won, this year the Rangers won. Rangers were in the top seven, I think, of all the payroll. The Astros were a few years ago. The Braves, the Dodgers. The team that really kind of skated in, that was the team that beat the Brewers in that one-game playoff down in Washington. That was the Nationals. After that, it was the Red Sox, the Astros again. The Cubs got their win. The team, really, the small market team that won it was the Royals. 
but you're looking at a lot of money and it's 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 very obvious in baseball we all know that and where the brewers are this year you start to look at the top teams and the top payrolls in baseball. Now, the Mets were number one last year, spending well over $320 million. This year, they're only spending $287 million. And I say that only because when you look at a team like the Brewers, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are ranked 23rd in payroll. 23rd. The Brewers right now on their roster have $103.4 million. million. Uh, the Oakland A's are the worst at $46 million. The Miami Marlins, second. At eighty-four million, the Pirates uh, at eighty-five million, the Tampa Bay Rays—they were a solid team last year and they were creeping, uh, ninety-one million. Then there's the Orioles, who just got Corbin Burns, and the Orioles have the number one minor league system in all of baseball. They had, and remember, they had over a hundred wins last year. The Orioles did over a hundred wins in the American League East. And they last year had a low payroll. They have a low payroll again this year of $94.2 million. Then followed by the Reds, the Guardians, and then the Brewers as you start to climb that ladder. Now, would I like to see the Brewers be more towards, say, the, Diamondback- the Diamondbacks at $147 million. The Padres are at 156 The league average, by the way, just an FYI, just to get you to the midpoint, is 158.6 million 158.6 and then above that obviously you got the Yankees you got the Mets you got the Astros you got the Phillies Braves Rangers Dodgers at number 7 then the Blue Jays Cubs are at number 9 the Cubs at 204.9 million dollars and so for us not to be at least talking about the Cubs as a possible contender I think is a little bit far sighted um, then the Red Sox, the Cardinals, and the Angels. Then you get to the league average. That's where it's at. The Brewers are $52 million lower than the league average. $52 million lower than the league average. So there you go. All right, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some Badger basketball from last night and also upcoming this weekend. Zach Heilprin is going to join us. So, so stay right where you're at. Sports Director WOZN in Madison covering the Badgers. We'll talk a little Badger hoops next in the Bill Myers. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Hey, if you are uh, looking for a good burger, good bloody, Sobelman's right there on St. Paul, the original, which is downtown Milwaukee. Sobelman's has some terrific burgers, and obviously they are known for that uh, that giant Bloody Mary. And everybody loves to get together at Sobelman's. But did you know that they have a Sobelman's in Waukesha as well? I kid you not. They do. And for those that uh, live, say, Lake Country or west of Milwaukee, or you're just coming into town and you want to try it, but uh, you're not going to make it all the way downtown. Sobelman's in Waukesha, right across the street from La Estacion, which is good food too, but uh, Sobelman's, awesome place. And if you've never been there, it is a institution to stop at Sobelman's at some point uh, for the giant Bloody Mary that has 
chickens and pizzas and all kinds of stuff and pretzels and stuff all over it. So check out our friends at Sobelman's and say hi to Dave and the gang at the one on St. Paul, the original, or Sobelman's out west in Waukesha. You can't go wrong. Joining us now, our guy Zach Heilprin, uh, sports director, WOZN, The Zone in Madison. And uh, Zach, uh, give me your version of what the hell happened last night. Yeah, so Bill, do you believe in jinxes? Uh, kind of, yeah. A superstition, okay. yeah, I can go along with that. Yeah. All right, well then we're going to blame Grant Bills. For Stop. That. Okay. I knew where okay. this was going. <laughs> I got a text from old Grant uh, a little bit towards the end of the first half. Uh, this is bleeping awesome. And, uh, you know, he, he followed up a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm going to blame Grant. Uh, he did not realize what had happened last year. Wisconsin blowing a 17-point lead in Lincoln last year and losing. So uh, he, he challenged the gods of jinxes and uh, came up with a loss. So that, that's where I'm going with it. I think that's pretty okay. much, I think everyone else has already probably said exactly why it happened. But I'm, I'm going with that. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go with that, too, because Brand ha- Grant has to carry some of the load in the uh, the rebrand of the Badgers for the second half. Now, the one thing that's uncharacteristic for this team is to turn the ball over. So you tell me, was it just mistakes, or was it that Nebraska just at home plays that good in lockdown defense? Yeah, I don't I, I They got into him defensively, but Wisconsin, in their losses this year, have really struggled with, with turnovers. I mean, the 16 last night were matched their most since 2019. The, the last time they turned it over 16 times was that very memorable game against Iowa State in the, big, in the NCAA tournament when they lost Chucky Hepburn and were playing Brad Davison at the point, and, and they lost as a two-seed in Milwaukee. But that, they are not normally that loose with it. But when they lose, it certainly uh, plays a part. The other thing is they settled way too much for jump shots um, right. and bad pointers, right? They shot eight, uh, excuse me, 12 free throws. They were outscored, I believe, 18 to nine at the free throw line. They did not, they took one free throw in the second half. I, I, that's crazy to me. And while you could like, oh, the refs, this, they didn't, they didn't even challenge. They didn't even challenge Nebraska inside with Stephen Crowell only taking two shots and him and Tyler Wall combining for eight points. It just, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the offense that I think we've you know come to expect from them. They get to the line, they challenge teams inside, and that just didn't happen against Nebraska. And again, playing in Pinnacle Bank Arena for whatever reason has been tough for Wisconsin. And uh, certainly, the last two trips there, it feels like it's the new Evanston. Uh, I kind of told Grant that last night. Remember, when, when anytime Wisconsin goes to Evanston, whether it's football or basketball, it's always like they're not a very good team. But this game's going to be tough. And uh, right. Nebraska's a good team, but they are just a different team at home. So, okay, they, they lose. Uh, you, you move on. Now you've got a, an incredibly tough Purdue team coming down. But this is where you can actually kind of put the train back on the tracks because you can say, okay, that was a bump in the road. Nebraska, maybe they were looking over the fence a little bit, which is what my cousin believes. So do you think they're looking over the fence because here comes Purdue? You're staring down the barrel of that? Mm, I, you could you could say that, but they're a veteran team. They know that every single game, and especially because of what happened last year, I don't necessarily think that. We were out uh, at Monks and Sun Prairie last night for Temple and High Alpern, and I, we, we asked the question, what you know, which game is more likely for Wisconsin to win? And I went with Purdue. Again, I think Nebraska is just a really tough team to beat at home. Now, the way that they lost last night, you would be like, uh, yeah, they, they kind of choked that one away, and I wouldn't disagree. But I think the atmosphere on Saturday or on Sunday is going to be electric in the Kohl Center. I think Wisconsin it does have a certain amount of focus that 
will bring them back in than what you know, what happened last night. It's it's a tough matchup, obviously, but Purdue has been gettable on the road. They almost lost at home the other night, but they lost at Northwestern, lost by 16 at Nebraska. So it's not like they are invincible. Now they do have the best resume of probably any team in the country, but I think Wisconsin, I, I like Wisconsin better in this game than I did last night. I thought last night they became hesitant down the stretch. Did it look that way to you? Because, uh, you know, and again, I said, taking 14-foot, 16-foot jumpers when you can step back out and make them a three and you're not really going to drive the hoop, you're not going to try to create opportunities to get to the free throw line. It looked like they got a little hesitant last night. I think it was uh, disappointing that they kind of stopped running offense. I mean, they got that lead back. I think it was a, a six-point lead there. And they stopped running offense, and they allowed Nebraska to go on that 8-0 run down the stretch and obviously they got store layup to get them to overtime but when you stop running offense and that that is I think a criticism of Greg Gard at times late in games they're gonna milk the clock and then you know try and do something late but again it uh it's it's a bad loss right yeah but it's not uh a season ender by any stretch right they have so much uh what happened last night is, is so fixable you you know they that we've seen them be aggressive and get after it uh on the offense backboard and um, you know, driving and, and dealing stuff with in the paint. We've seen them be able to play defense at times. We know they can take care of the ball. So all the things that were an issue last night, I think are definitely fixable. So now moving forward, you've got Purdue on the horizon, and we've seen a lot of Badger basketball. And I'm, I'm just going back to my question of, is it a blip? Or is it something that is, that's one of, because I look at games and losses when you have good teams, uh, Zach, and I look at it and I say, okay, when they lose, is that the blueprint to beat them? Or did they kind of beat themselves and that was a blip on the radar and I shouldn't be overly concerned about it? You tell me. I think I think it's a blip on the radar. I do. I, again, I, the next time Stephen Crowell takes two shots in a game, I think uh, it's just not going to happen again. So it, the way that it just is lack of aggressiveness inside his especially, and I know they were doubling him, but you have to be more aggressive than he was. And so that those are those are things that are that are blips. And Wisconsin turning the ball over, as I said before, is something in their losses. It stands out. How do you take care of that? Well, you take care of the ball. You be better. You mean you be tighter with the ball. It's not. They're they're not mistakes forced necessarily by the other team. They are mistakes that Wisconsin made, and defensively as well. Those are all things that are certainly fixable in the offense. We know is one of the more efficient ones that they've had in school history. So I'm, I'm going with blip. I don't think it's it, – it happened last year. This isn't like something like Nebraska is a horrible team. They're not. So I'm, I'm going blip. So you got Purdue coming to town, and then what happened with Northwestern the other night and the massive disparity in free throws. you got to think that Purdue coming to town, there's going to be a watchful eye specifically on this game so you don't have that same drastic disparity of fouls, correct? Yeah. With 45 to 8? I yes. What, uh, yes. That's insane. <laughs> just and give him the Chris game. Collins, Chris Collins just lit into him, lit into him before the game was even over. I've never seen him lose it like that. That was that's more of a Fran McCaffrey move than uh, right. what what Chris Collins did the other night. But it was I think at times it was it was obviously worthwhile on his part because you're getting that many uh, free throw difference, and it, it'd be it'd be one thing if all they did was shoot threes, but and they did shoot quite a bit, but not that many. So. Yes, Wisconsin, I would be shocked if, if they are not more aggressive in attacking the paint and attacking Zach Eady. I know that's maybe some people wouldn't think that's the greatest idea, but you have to be, you have to be able to do so, and you have to be able to attack their guards too. 
Uh, their guards are really got good offensively. I think they can pad a little bit defensively. So can Wisconsin's guards take advantage of theirs? Like Wisconsin's have been taking advantage at times uh, with some quicker players. Great stuff as always, Zach. Appreciate it. And uh, we will chat with you again real soon. Okay. All right, guys. Have a good time in Vegas, Bill. We'll be, uh, you get a, what, what kind of bets are you placing? Uh, I am placing the over and under on us having to bail out Grant. That's what I'm placing the over and under <laughs> on. And I'll tell you that right now uh, because he's, he's by himself. No, you how know what? Uh, I'll probably. How many hours it takes? Exactly. Exactly. I would assume it's going to be right after the media party because it's all free food, free beverages, uh, the whole thing. And I would assume he's probably going to try to kind of take over an Uber and drive the F1 course. So yeah. at some point we could see him doing that. I can see that. Those, those are all things that sound very Grant-like, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. It's not going to be some. It's not going to be like some kind of a crazy sexual thing where he ends up with like you know forty-seven hookers. It's not going to be that. <laughs> Grant Grant's a good guy and Rachel's great, but it, I could see him you know commandeering an Uber to try to think like he's a Formula One racer and getting arrested for that. What yeah. is this? What's going? What I'm being blamed for everything here. Sorry, I can't text Zach and be excited about my team playing well in the first half. Put that on me. Oh. Yes, that's it. Good stuff. All right. Appreciate it, Zach. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. There you go. We're going to take a quick break on that note. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. The Bill Michael Show continues right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Good for fun and frivolity when it comes to uh, the expense of Grant Bill. <laughs> Grant, are you excited yet? Are you like, uh, are you stressed out like Kristen is? Wanting to know if everything's packed and proper and don't oversleep and setting 11 alarms at this point? Well, well, here's the thing. Normally, I get I get very stressed when I travel, yeah, especially for work because I'm always afraid I'm going to forget something. Like if I forget a cable or a, a right. certain plug, like I'm going to be hosed when I get out there. But I'm less stressed on this trip because you're in charge of all that stuff. <laughs> so, so all I got to do is remember to pack enough pairs of underwear and... Don't forget my toothbrush and, and I'll yeah. be fine. I mean, a 6 a.m. flight, it always stresses me out a little bit because you're on a schedule, you're on the clock, but no, I'm, so I'm really excited. At the Dane County Airport, what time do you get there for a 6 a.m. flight? So I've never flown out of Dane, the Dane Airport before. I talked to Ebo. I figured like an hour, 15, hour, 20 before, and he said, okay. yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I always get to the airport about two hours ahead of time. Uh, I'm stupid, crazy. I don't mind sitting in an airport for an hour and a half. Just with my laptop out working because I get a lot of work done. I'm the same in way. The airport. Yep. I get a lot of work done. I don't mind it. Uh, and as early as we're flying out tomorrow, the bars aren't even going to be open. So it's not like you can grab a Bloody Mary or anything. So our flight is at 530. And Kristen uh, looked at me and said, what time do you want to get there? And I said, well, Saturdays and Sundays flying out of, uh, out of General Mitchell in Milwaukee. Those are usually, especially this time of year, those are cruise mornings when big, massive amounts of cruise people tend to exit. 
So I said, I don't want to be there any later than 3.30. And she looked at me like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, 3.30, 3 o'clock, something like that. I don't mind getting there and sitting down and working on my laptop and getting some stuff done in preparation for the trip. And she, <laughs> she's like, are you, are, you, are you kidding? And I said, no. She goes, how are we going to go out tomorrow night, Saturday night? And I said, we're all going to chug five-hour energy like it's going out of style, and then we can sleep on Sunday because we don't have to be to the uh, Mandalay Bay Convention Center uh, to get our credentials and stuff until Sunday at, at noon. And she's like, oh, really? really? Uh, okay. So <laughs> she like she uh, had a meeting this morning, and she, she texted me, and she said, I'm coming home. I plan on being in bed by 6. <laughs> so dinner's at like 4. Today, and I said, okay, I can deal with that. I got a little bit of running around to do, some cash to grab, and then off we go. How do you think we're going to go out? I would have said the same way I do four hours of radio every day, a post game and a huddle every week. Red Bulls yep. and right, <laughs> Red Bulls right? and nicotine gum. She, she's like afraid of that. She's like deathly afraid of that stuff. She will not take five-hour energy. She won't take Red Bull. She went nothing. She, I, I, I live by the method of, hey, anything to keep me going, I'm good with it. She lives by the method of, uh, you got me up really early. You're going to have to listen to me bitch and complain for a long time about this. And I'm just, all right. Okay, that's you reasonable. Know, don't, don't forget, I'll be tired too, and you'll be on my nerves, and then it could end up in a really ugly situation right there, in the middle of a casino somewhere. But that's okay. We can live with that. <laughs> so, but I, I don't know what I'm more excited about: the trip itself or Sunday night. Mike Clement said, "I'm taking us all out. We're going to this Italian restaurant where Bob Hope once sat in a corner booth and." Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack hung out for a while, and we're, I'm taking you there, and that's where we're going. And I said, Mike, whatever you want to do. So I'm excited about that. Mike Clement's taking us out. I'm good with that. I'm fired up. So good day. Uh, we got uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk with our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. We're going to talk with him about the Corbin Burns trade. And uh, apparently, Chuck is not happy either. So we're going to get the full Monty when Chuck comes on the program. So I guess uh, I have not seen it yet. Uh, a few people that have texted me said, hey, did you see what Chuck had to say in the uh, Lockdown, Lockdown Brewers? And I said, nope. And they said, he's not happy. So I, we'll talk with Chuck about this. I almost interrupted because Dwayne said, Chuck always looks like he just came out of an REO Speedwagon concert. And I almost cracked the mic and said, he probably he did. did. He, he pro- did. He probably did. REO Speedwagon was probably playing some small college in Indiana last night. Yeah. And him and, him and his, his him, girlfriend him and went Shannon. all the Yeah, Shannon. Yeah. Yeah, I he did. If you go follow, do you follow him on Facebook? Are you friend is on Facebook? Yes, yes. Fa- Facebook and Instagram. I follow Chuck, and he he was just at like an Alabama concert, and then I think he was with Ario Speedwagon or Night Ranger. He was just there. So, oh yeah, Chuck. I mean, for Ario Speedwagon, I mean, Chuck will be a roadie. Chuck loves Ario Speedwagon. So, yeah, he he absolutely. He had the black shirt on, the coiffed hair all messed up. Shannon's all smiling. I don't know what who they had their arms around. Somebody from Night Ranger, I think, that they're hugging on, bass guitar player. So it wasn't uh, the, the lead singer. Uh, and it certainly wasn't Tawny Katane, that's for sure. But, it, you know, he wasn't hugging. He was hugging on somebody. So, yeah, he probably came straight from a concert, found out Corbin Burns got traded. And Corbin Burns in the trade ruined his night at the Ario Speedwagon show, and he's pissed off about it. I get it. I'm, I'm, I, I completely follow Chuck, so I, I understand where he's coming from. By the way, JJ says this time of year, airports are full of pasty, pasty and pastel-colored Hawaiian shirts and white people. So, love it, love it. Yes, you are 100 percent correct. 100 percent correct. 
And that's what I'm saying. And I've taken a lot of trips this time of year. Um, usually, and this is usually the week to go because we would always take the trip this week cruise and cruise during Valentine's Day. Uh, for 10 years I did it because this is the week between Super Bowl and, and President's Day. Uh, President's Day, for those that don't know, the East Coast, a lot of the New York area, Boston area, uh, up and down the eastern seaboard, <coughs> excuse me, they close the schools down for a week. They've done it for years to conserve energy, so they just shut them down. And that's when a lot of these parents take these kids. I've done one of those cruises where the East Coast shuts down and the kids start. Basically, they, they get on the cruise ship. The parents give the, kid, the kids the key card and said, we'll see you at the end. And the kids run wild, and it's a nightmare. I would never, ever, ever cruise during that week. Never. This is the week. If you're going to cruise, this is the time to do it. So we'll probably see a lot of those people trying to get out early tomorrow morning at General Mitchell. All right. We got two hours down, two hours yet to go. Don't go anywhere. Brewers making a deal. We're going to talk with Chuck Freeman coming up here shortly. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next.